Satan. And he said, let me hide myself in thee. Well, I think that's so beautiful. I like that real, real well. Thank you kindly. And a very good afternoon to all of you, evening, and the blessings of God be with you all. Now, it's again tonight our privilege to open back the pages of the Word here to study. I, I love singing. I just love it. And I've often said to the people, when you get to heaven, if you can't find me around the throne somewhere, go over where they're singing, <laughs> and I, I want to be there. And I love good singing. But in the time of, of a gospel meeting where... Uh, decisions are to be made, I think just a song or two and quickly to the Word. Give the time to the Word. See? Well, that's the main, the main thing is straight to the Word. There was someone in here, people from out of town, staying in a trailer just behind the place that I was supposed to meet a little early in the afternoon just before services if they're here. I'm sorry that I didn't get to fulfill that appointment. And... Um, I'll see you immediately after service is over. And forgive me for saying I would be here when I, other things come up that I couldn't be here at the time. Now, tomorrow night, uh, we are always featuring one thing, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all. Amen. And whatever His divine will is for us to do. But if it be His divine will, tomorrow night on the seal of God, we're going to speak, if the Lord willing. And tonight, we give out, if he be his privilege for us to do it, or our privilege for, to do for him, rather, tonight, we want to speak on one of the most vital subjects of the hour, the mark of the beast. And last night, we was in the church ages, the seven church ages, and the beginning with the Ephesian church age at Ephesus, and ended up at the... Lady Ocean Church Age, the last church age. And may the Lord add his blessings now to the word as we speak. Now, shall we just bow our heads in a moment of prayer just before we open this divine word? Kind Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this privilege that we have tonight to be alive and to be here on earth tonight and have health and strength and can sit in the building where the Word of God is being read. And we pray, O oh, blessed Redeemer, being our kinsman Redeemer who has washed us in His blood and cleansed us from sin and now presenting us to the Father faultless in Christ Jesus. May you come tonight and take the Word and open it to our hearts. May the Holy Spirit get a hold of the Word as it's being taught, and may go straight to its goal, to every heart, my heart, and the audience's heart, as we have need of it, Father, may it be supplied. And may no one take an offense of the Word. And Father, if any time that I should say something that would be contrary to thy leading, may the Holy Spirit stop my mouth. I desire only to know what is truth. 
and then to walk therein. Bless us together now. Forgive us of our sins as we've gathered into this house of worship. And may our sins be under the blood and our spirits put in the right attitude of worship at this time. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just thinking this little piece of paper here, I wrote down several scriptures to of uh, referring to, to read, to begin with. Now when I get up here, it seems like I don't feel to read any of them. <laughs> That's usually the way it goes. Four or five little texts to start from. But I want to read or say this first, that in speaking, I never take thought. You know, perhaps just as I, I have no more planned out what to say than you do, see. Not a thing. I just wait for him. Just as I see it, I just reach and get it and hand it out. And then sometimes it uh, may sound a little rough sometimes, but it's just the only way I receive it. So that's the, that's the only way I can give it. Now, in this, let it, we say again tonight, this is not directed towards any individual or anybody's religion. See, Not at all. We don't believe in that. We believe that we're real, true Americans, that every man can have the privilege of worshiping God according to the dictates of his own conscience. And we want it to always be that way. But in every church, we have doctrines. Many times in organizations, denominations, they have a creed, and they stay on that creed. This is our creed. No matter what the minister thinks, he's got to preach the creed because he's in the denomination. And in here, we don't have no creed but Christ. That's the creed. And no law but love. No book but the Bible. And Christ is the head, and the Bible is our textbook. The world is my parish. So I like, I like to just preach the way that I feel led to preach. And just the way that I see it. And then in this time, in speaking especially on this real rough, hard-cutting part of the gospel. But you know, this is the house of judgment. Amen. Judgment begins at the where? House of God. Amen. Right. Here's where judgment begins. And there's, if you went here to the court and you used to have a trial, they got a book of law there. They have to read this law to find out what you're judged for. And that's the way it is in the house of God. We've got to take it from the Word of God. And now, many times in these things, and so you be sure to get this now, that I could be wrong. I, my interpretation could be wrong. But I try to read it just as close and just say like it says. Just stay right with the Scripture, what it says to say. And now, it's just too bad, or maybe it's a, it isn't the will of the Lord, and maybe it is, I don't know, that I would like to have just week after week in this book, just to stay right here and watch it catch right back over into Daniel, and Daniel in Revelations, and tie in the prophets, and the whole Word of God is every bit tied right together. Sixty-six books wrote by numbers of men, hundreds of years apart, and not one contradicts the other one. Not one. Every one of them perfect. Never was a piece of literature wrote like it in all the world. They've been for 2,000 years trying to alter the Lord's Prayer. 
to put one word to it or take one away from it to make it better. You just can't do it. Oh, it's perfect. It's the Word of God. And I believe the, the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Every word of it is inspired. I don't believe just this not inspired and this is and that is. I believe it's all inspired. Amen. It's either all right or all wrong. And if it's all mixed up, then we don't know what to do. But it's every bit the truth. I'm willing to sacrifice my life at any moment for what thus saith the Lord is here. Now, now they're just having these few nights. And by the way, we're going to have Saturday night service. Go right on just the same of having a... Uh, some of the folks of the church said they would, uh, uh, the, being dirty to come into church Sunday morning, that some of them said they would stay Saturday night after the service and help clean up the church so that the people wouldn't have to come in Sunday morning or, the, or they wouldn't have to work on Sunday to, to get to fix the church up. We don't, we won't, I'm not a Sabbatarian, but yet I like to respect this, the worship just as close as I can. And, now, then I think uh, I'll announce tomorrow night, maybe if the Lord willing, what we'll talk on for Saturday night. Now, tonight is the mark of the beast, and tomorrow night the seal of God. They're the two most, uh, I guess, most vital subjects to be spoke on in this day. For I truly believe that we're living in the time of this investigating judgment of God. Amen. I believe we're right in the day of it. And we don't want to be radical. We don't want to be fanatically. We just want to approach it just as sane as the Bible will speak it here. And that's perfect, of course. And now, in doing this, we hear so many people today talk about the mark of the beast. You've heard it for a long time. What is it? Who does it who's going to have it? And if they do have it, what, what's it going to do to them? What? What, could it harm you? Is there, is there any harm to it? Well, now that's what we, we want to find out from the Word of God. First thing, if there is a mark of the beast spoke of in the Bible. And the next thing, what age will it pertain to? And um, who will be the people that will have it? And what would you do? Could you have it and not know it? And uh, so forth. That Just those questions like that. So, to the best of my knowledge, that uh, this would be the, one of the most vital two subjects that I could think of in the Bible, the mark of the beast and the seal of God. Now the first, I got a scripture here to show where the, uh, it's wrote out, just so I could turn to it. And uh, that is, uh, to begin with, let's just see what the mark of the beast is. And is it dangerous to have this mark? Is it? Now, in Revelations, the 14th chapter, and the ninth verse, it's the third angel's message. Now, any Bible scholar, I see Brother Stanley here and two or three more ministers sitting present. Last evening, there was some uh, brethren here from the Baptist Seminary in uh, Louisville, and perhaps there's some tonight. I do not know, and there's probably Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, and... Might be Orthodox Jew, I don't know, but it's not, this is not to hurt anybody's feelings. Not at all. And it's just for, 
just the way the Bible is wrote to read it and let you look at it yourself and let's approach it just as sanely as we know how in the fear of God knowing that He'll judge us for our words our words will either bless us or condemn us at the day of the judgment and if I feel that I know something and keep it back then God's going to make me pay for it at the day of judgment and souls of their hands saying Brother Branham if you'd only told us we wouldn't have been in this condition today. I want to stand like Paul of old. I'm free from all man's blood, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. That's right. Just as I see it. And if I'm wrong, then God forgive me. These things never come. I never went to any seminary, never went to any school, never took anybody else's word about it. I went right straight into the Bible in prayer. And this is divinely revealed by the Holy Spirit, the same angel of God that directs me to see visions and so forth like that in the healing of the sick. And you can judge for that whether it would be true or not. Now, this is the third angel's message to the world. And you know what the third angel's message? It's going forth now, in this day. This is the flying of the third angel message. It's your Bible reader. There were three wolves followed it. The first one happened in World War One. Second one happened in World War Two. You see what we're going in now? Amen. All right. We're at the end of the road. Now let's get this on our mind just before we read the scripture. Positionally, we are bound to be at the end age. How long? I don't know. No one does. But look, let's take historically speaking. The first 2,000 years, the world order come to a climax and God destroyed the world with water. You know that? Then it come forth as a new world. And the second 2,000 years, it came to its end again and God sent Jesus. Is that right? This is the end of the next 2,000 years. 1954, and the gospel, Jesus said, the work would be cut short for what? The elect's sake, or no flesh would be saved, it would be the wicked. So we're at the end time. And then the seventh and type is the millennium, a thousand years. As God labored six thousand years, we know that a thousand years, one day in heaven is a thousand years on earth, Second Peter, see? Now, and God built the world in six thousand years. And the church labored against sin now for 6,000 years. And the 7,000, God went to rest and rested the seventh. And now a type of the millennium, the church to live here on earth, right here, in body form for a thousand years without sickness, sorrow, trouble, or death. That great golden age coming in now, all for that... Oh, I like that song. The earth is groaning, crying for the day of sweet release when Jesus shall come back to earth again. I like that. Sin and sorrow, pain and death of this dark world shall cease in a glorious reign with Jesus of a thousand years of peace. The Bible said they ruled and reigned with Christ a thousand years, a millennium. Now, This third angel's message just before the coming of the Lord 
when the seal and the mark was put on. Now there is going to be a great roundup. A roundup. Out in the West, when we go out, I used to have since I was a boy, go out for the spring roundup and for the fall roundup. Go out into the mountains and run the cattle down and actually get all the cattle we can find out of every place. Then we cut out all the un, the ones that doesn't belong to us. Ours packs the brand. Amen. And they're branded. And if you ever, did anybody ever see them brand cattle? It's a, quite a thing to watch them brand cattle. I used to feel sorry for the cow. And it's an awful sickening mess. When you start branding cattle, heating the branding iron used to be my job. Pack the iron and lay it on a young steer laying there and his feet tied and put that brand on him and the hair and meat of frying, throw a little tar over it and turn him loose and talk about going. He really goes. But look, he's marked. Amen. And that's the way God does us. You have to get out the altar and get hog-tied once in a while. But brother, when the Holy Spirit ever puts a brand on you, you may do some running and screaming, but you're marked. That's right. You're there. When the boss comes by, he knows where you belong. Amen. But oh, to that stray yearling, that fellow that's condemned to be turned back in among the, the rustics. Now, the branding time. And now there's only going to be two riders in this. That's going to be God and Satan. Satan will take his and God will take his. Tonight we're going to see who's wearing Satan's brand. And tomorrow night we're going to see who's wearing God's brand according to the Word of God. Amen. Now, here's the angel's message. The ninth verse of the 14th chapter. Read a couple of these scriptures here i got written out. And the angel... And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast, his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, and in the presence of the Lamb. Sure don't want nothing to do with that. (laughs) Look, and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no peace day or night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receives the mark of his name. I don't want nothing to do with that, I'm sure. Listen to the next verse while I'm looking at it. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have faith in Jesus Christ. Now the 15th chapter and the second verse. And the, listen now, in the 15th chapter and the second verse. Now we was reading then from the 14th and the 9th verse. Now the 15th and the 2nd verse. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noise and grievous sores upon man which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshiped his image. 
the 16th chapter and the second verse. And with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of the wrath of the fornication. Just a minute, I beg your pardon. I turn must turn to them at once. All right. Now, the 20th chapter and the 4th verse. All right. Here we are. And I saw thrones and them that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them and I saw the souls of them which were beheaded for the witness of Jesus Christ and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast neither his image neither had received the mark upon their forehead or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Can't receive the mark of the beast and then worship Christ or be with him. But whosoever shall worship the beast or the image of the beast will be tormented in the presence of God and in the presence of the holy angels. That's what the Lord says about it. Now, we're going to begin... Turn your Bible now to the 13th chapter of Revelation, and we'll start just in a few moments. Now, this is very essential, and listen closely now. First, we want to pick up our subject from last night. Last night, we taken on the church ages, that how that we saw Jesus standing in his church speaking as the voice of many waters and he had hair like wool eyes like flames of fire remember all the the revelation is a vision and symbolic all of it has a meaning so you have to watch closely read the prophets see what the symbols meant then compare it over here so that you'll know what the symbols really mean he had eyes like flames of fire running to and fro through the earth. And we found out that those flames like swords, a sword went out of his mouth and a two-edged sword. And we found out that that was the Word of God went forth from the church's mouth. And it was even cut to the mire of the bone and a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. We found the church standing there in its beauty. Christ just molded into it. And the church had a white garment on. And you notice it was a woman around the breast. It had the garment covering over her shame and was had a golden cord pulled around it that held it around the breast. White speaking the righteousness of Christ. And the golden card represented the gospel. The go- preaching of the gospel brings the Holy Spirit over the church, the righteousness of Christ. Amen. Holds it there tied with the string, the girdle string. Then he was standing up on feet like brass that had been burnt in the furnace. Brass speaks of divine judgment. And God, 
to appease his great oath that he took, he sent Christ and Christ paid the divine judgment. And then the church is based upon divine judgment, Christ standing in his place. What a beautiful picture. Standing in seven golden candlesticks. And then we find out that the first church age, what they had. How many be sure last night? Let's see your hand. All right, that's fine. The first church age, we found out in the Ephesian church age, they had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they baptized people in water. And they had the all kinds of signs and wonders was to accompany the believer. And that how over in the every church age it began to dim out. The second round, third round, then through the dark age, and they come out with a false name. Amen. With a false baptism. Both for water and Holy Spirit. And then they come on down the next age and they lightened up a little. And then there was a door set for the opening between the Philadelphian and the Lady of Sin church age. And then the Lady of Sin got lukewarm and went plumb out from it all to God spurted it out of his mouth. Amen. Right? That's Scripture. And every historian and every orthodox believer knows that those seven church ages, were, or seven golden candlesticks, as the Bible said, was the seven church ages. Like the Old Testament types of the new here. And just as it went out, but there's to be a great shaping and a revival just before the closing of the Gentile dispensation, before the Jews pick it up again. Remember, Gentiles are only limited amount of time for grace. The Bible said they would trot down the walls of Jerusalem, Jesus said, until the Gentile dispensation would be finished. That's right. It's got a definite set time of finished. And we find out the things that they did back there. We notice the signs and wonders that accompanied it, how Christ told them how wonderful it was and how they were. Then the light began to get dimmer and dimmer, went out. And then just at the closing, it was to be another open door set for the church. Now, let's stop right here before we get into it. Notice, let's pick up another prophecy comes on my mind. The prophet said... There will be a day when it will neither be night or day. Am I too loud? If you can, you tune that little... I know it rebounds. That's the reason I talk a little loud so the people in the back will be sure to hear it because this is very vital. And there will be a time, a day, the prophet said, which will not be neither night or day. In other words, it will be light, but it will be cloudy. See, a cloudy day. But in the evening time... It'll be light. What a beautiful picture. Now, when the dawn broke on this cloudy day, that means that there'll be wars and troubles and ups and downs and dispensations and, and the churches and isms and everything. It'll not be light or dark. It'll be a time that we know that there is a God and there is a gospel, but they just simply can't see through it. You know what I mean? They'll say, the Bible said that they did that back there on Pentecost. They did that in the early church. They had these signs and wonders. But our church don't teach that. See, it's a cloudy. It's neither dark nor day. But yet we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in His second coming. And we know He's coming. The Bible said it'll neither be light nor dark. You couldn't call it day and you couldn't call it night. But notice, 
In the evening time, it'll be light. In the evening time. When the eastern people, this book is the eastern book, the Bible is. When the light first dawned on the early church at Ephesus, well, we remember and see what taking place there, the light of God brought through Jesus Christ by the first pouring out of the Holy Ghost. It gave light to all the world and wrote the Bible. Is that right? Amen. Now he promised on the western world the sun rises in the east at the beginning of the dispensation of grace. And now the sun is setting in the west on the western people. We are the western people. Amen. And it promised that there would be a revival and there would be light in the evening time. Amen. We are here. The light is shining. And the darkness comprehended it not. That's it. Man love evil deeds better than do uh, good deeds. But it's just fixing the drop over the horizon yonder. And what little light we got, hold on to it. Look, it's the same sun that rose yonder on the Jews or setting here on the Gentiles. Amen. All through the age or through these 2,000 years, we had this and that and organizations and dispensations and messing up and people don't know where they are standing. But the Bible promises God did to the prophet that in the evening time it would be light. It'll be light in the evening time. I believe we're here. The sun is setting. All nature is groaning, crying for that day. Amen. Notice, now we find out that what they had there at the very first church age, they got a strange doctrine. The first thing, it just becomes some deeds. He said, Thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans. I wonder what the Nicolaitans was. I run that through and through history over and over and over to the best commentaries I could find and nobody can know. Lest it was a doctrine that was started by a man, Nick, Nicholas, which was supposed to be one of the apostles that kind of went astray. He set him up a creed or something or another and from there started the Nicolaitans. It was deeds first. And what was deeds in Ephesus in the next church age become a doctrine and then went into the dark ages of persecution. Now that same Nicolaitan doctrine that started here in the first church after the first three or four rounds of apostles it become a deed they begin to think well this would be it. Now all of you know how it come out you Bible readers. Now it started up about eighty six hundred uh, 306 what they call the conversion of Constantine. He never was converted. The guy who do the dirty things that that man done wasn't converted. <laughs> That's right. The only thing he ever done that had any, any religion to it at all, he put a cross on the St. Sophia Church. Wasn't that something to go to heaven for? All right. He told the Christians if he won that war, he'd become a Christian. And they prayed and he went out and won the war, won the battle. He come back and said, well, I'll join the church. A very beautiful type of the lukewarm church member today. Amen. That's right. Amen. Put the cross up on the church. After his death, he had two sons, three sons, Constantine, Constantine, and Constantinople, which had started to make the eastern and western Rome, and they split. And in there then, becoming the Ottoman Empire's along in that time, and then the, about the second round, or third, fourth round of the apostles, and then the first thing you know, they begin to fuss among one another. And it broke up little isms. Everybody, you take a church. 
There, when that Wesley Methodist church was in power, she was power when John Wesley was here. The Lutheran was in its day. And everyone, but let the founder die once. Then they go astray. When the Lord first appeared back on her, when they wanted me to start making an organization on this, uh, so forth like this, I went up here and I seen where Dwight Moody, great founder of the Moody Bible Institute, and I thought if Dwight Moody could look upon this Bible Institute, what that man stood for and what they do now. Well, I said, looky here. Look, what if, what if Wesley, Calvin, Knox, Finney, Sankey, or Finney, any of them could raise today and see their church. Where's that? Oh, my. See, the first round, when the man's standing there, he holds the truth. Look at Dr. Dowdy in Zion City. What are they? The life in the face of divine healing. When the, the city was based upon it. Well, when Dowdy died, then up come, uh, uh, what, um, Lake, John Lake and all that, and then the first thing was wound around now, the assemblies of God got into it, and a big bunch of formals and everything, and the, the church has gone and backslid and in a horrible condition. Amen. So I found this. The Bible said David served the Lord well in his generation. So I said, Lord, I don't want no organization. Let me serve you with all my heart while I'm here living. That's all. And that, you'll have another man when I'm gone. You'll have somebody take his place. That's all. No, try to build up on some of the... You can't build a fire in the same ground. Israel had to keep journeying. When they stopped, they backslid. They had to keep moving every night. Build a new fire every Amen. night. Just keep moving on. And that's what we've got to do. What Luther had was fine. That was for Luther's day. What Wesley had was fine. That was Wesley's day. What the holiness had, that was fine. That was their days. We're living in another day. Amen. Now we're, living, we're moving on. There'll be a day after us that'll come just the same, but let's walk in the light while light is here. Now, and I notice this, that in there this doctrine become first thing you know to broke up into a bunch of isms. Then the Romans got converted. Now the Roman Empire, since the days of, of Rome first taken over and won the Gentile world over from the uh, Greece after the fall of Alexander the Great, has been the predominating nation of the world. Amen. The Roman people, the Gentile age. Daniel said so in the vision. We'll get to it in a few minutes. But it's always had the dominating power over the world, the Romans. And then uh, we find out there then that they organized a church. A bunch of people got together, about 606, and called themselves the early fathers. The fathers of the church. Groups of men come together and help counsel uh, what they must do. And they set up an organization. And let me speak here, my dear Christian friends, both Protestant and Catholic. And I, I suppose I've got Catholic friends sitting here. I'm not saying this to hurt your feelings. Because just hold on just a few minutes and we'll get the Branham Tabernacle in it also. See, just a minute. We only have to preach the gospel as it's laid here, no matter where John said the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Let the chips flower wherever they wish to. That's right. You must cut the trees, the thing. But look, in there they organized the first church. And they got together and organized the first church, which was called the Universal Church, or the Catholic Church, in Rome. And the Catholic says that he is the mother church. And that's exactly the truth. It's the mother church of organization. Correctly. It's the first time in all the world's history that 
ever there was a church organized. Never was from the dawn of time through the days of Israel. They were not a they were not an organization. They were a race. Not an organization. And a Jesus Christ never did organize a church. None of the apostles never organized a church. And no time down through after three or four generations after did they ever organize a church. I want you to bring the history and put your finger on to show me where it's at. Now, I've read Josephus and all the most outstanding historians we have in the world today. And I know it. Because I must be sure I make these statements before thousands of people. You've got to be able to back up and prove what you're talking about. That's right. And never was an organization and not... And St. Peter never founded the Catholic Church. I want one history or one bit of scripture... St. Peter was a married man. You said he was a pope. He couldn't have been a pope. Peter was a married man. The Bible said his wife's mother laid sick of the, of the fever and Jesus healed her. And as far as I know, St. Peter was never in Rome. And there's no history that ever shows he was in Rome. And that's an era. But they organized and set together a church called the Universal Church. There they made a universal prayer. They had perfect harmony. Everybody had to be together. Everybody say the same thing, the same prayer said. And they made up a bunch of Scripture, taking them from the Bible, many of them, and making others. There is not purgatory mentioned one time in all the sacred book of the Bible. No Hail Marys, nothing like that. It's always contrary and against it. Everywhere in the Scripture. Never was it at any time. And if you find any place... You've got the privilege of coming tomorrow night and correcting me. It's not there. Nowhere. Bring your priest or pastor. There's no place in the Scripture where it's ever mentioned. The only little book of the Maccabees that was added into this, which is not inspired, the things that was put in this, tucked out of this, this Bible is the only one that has been recognized by the early founders or any of the early church historians or any time of the Orthodox Jew and never recognize nothing but this Bible that we have today. Amen. Now, then in that, listen close now. Now, you think the Catholics getting a thrashing just a moment. Now, then they organized the Catholic Church and it started the persecution that they would, you had to make everyone, everywhere, the church and state united together and brought in from pagan Rome to Papal Rome. In other words, from a pagan superstition, they adopted Christianity in their own form. See? They couldn't understand why that man was standing and prayed enough and they were pagans. So they just took down Venus and put up Mary. They took down Jupiter, put up Peter. Some kind of a statue to worship. Now, and they worshiped before that and they made a universal prayer said it in Latin so it would never fail and so forth. They'd always say the same. And you cannot discuss or debate with a Catholic priest or no Catholic upon the basis of the Bible. One set this young priest down here set my house just recently. He said, you Protestants, you read the Bible and stay home. We Catholics go to church and worship. I said, but what? That's it. I answer me that. He said, God is in His church. I said, He not one speck of Scripture says so. 
I said, God is in his word. Amen. He said, let every man's word be a lie and mine true. He said, don't you think a whole group of bands canceling together would be more authority than just one man? I said, no, if the one man's in the will of God, he's got the truth. Amen. He's always proved it. Like with Jehoshaphat and Micah, the lessons we just had the other day, last Sunday when Micah went up there and 400 preachers standing saying, go up, the Lord is with you. Go up, the Lord is with you. Joshua said, isn't there one more here? He said, there's Micah, but I hate him. He said, let's hear what he says. He said, go on up. But I see Israel scattered like sheep. So didn't I tell you? Yeah. See? So who was right there when 400 trained prophets standing before the man? And yet one little old ragged holy roller standing back there had the truth. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He did. He had the truth. He got smacked in the mouth and beat over it, but he had the truth. Amen. So it doesn't matter how many says this or how many says that, it's what thus saith the law. Amen. That's true. Hallelujah. You'll have to stand by yourself many Thank times you. when you stand on the Word of God, but be sure to stand what the Lord has said. Amen. Now, they organized this church, great body, the Catholic Church, which is the predominating of all the religions today in the Christian realms, is Catholicism. But they say... You don't eat. We don't say. Where do you get not eating meat? Where do you get the priest not married? Where do you get the say? We don't teach the Bible. Said the church is the voice. No matter what the Bible says, it's what the church says. But God said, "Let every man's word be a lie, and mine be true." Now you have to take your job. Now that Nicolaitan had become a doctrine, and then become a persecution. Now here comes out here in the last days. Then they're coming away through the dark ages and the persecution. Then they're coming let up on the first reformation, which is Martin Luther. Martin Luther protested against the Catholic Church because of that he walked out there and took that communion and they said, this is the body of Christ. He said, it isn't the body of Christ. It's wafers. And that's all it is. They believe that is the Holy Eucharist, which the Holy Eucharist means Holy Ghost. And when you take that, you take the Holy Ghost into your body. And that's wrong. The Holy Ghost is the baptism of the Spirit. Not on the day of Pentecost that fully come, a priest come up and give them the Holy Eucharist, a wafer on their tongue. Or not some preacher walked up and sprinkled some water on them and shut their hand either. No, sir. But there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. That's Scripture. That's what's right. That's what happened in that church. And that's what's happened when the light is shining in this day. That's where the light broke through there. Here's where the light breaks through here. Now, if any Scriptures I'm quoting, it's question, just lay it up on. I'll give you the place where it's at. See? In the Scripture. All right. Of course, just a little time like this, usually when we comb through, we take weeks and months. Just every Scripture, run it down. Have the people with their Bible. But if it's question, just let me know. All right. Then Martin Luther. Then after Martin Luther comes John Wesley. Martin Luther come out with catechism, a whole lot of things. He come out with a baptism. He come out giving a triune Trinitarian baptism, which was never taught in the Bible. Never taught in the Bible. There never was anybody ever baptized in a triune baptism in the Bible. If it's so, come show me where it's at. It's not there. The only way that they were commissioned to be baptized was go and teach all nations. He said back there, and baptize them into the name. 
not in the name and to the name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the disciples turned right around and baptized everybody in the name of Jesus Christ and commissioned that if anybody had been baptized any other way, had to come and be rebaptized again before they could get the Holy Ghost. And here comes the Catholic Church out, put one place on the Bible where any person was ever baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's pretty blank, isn't it? Saturday night's a question. I'll get, we'll get straightened that out. All right. All right. I want anybody that can show me one place where any person was ever baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I'll walk off the pulpit and say I'm a hypocrite. And anybody who was baptized any other way had to come and be rebaptized again in the name of Jesus Christ to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Exactly. That's what the Bible says. Now, you see, we take theory instead of truth. Now, you look at the Scripture. Don't say that. Well, Brother Bram said, you look at the Scripture now. Get your concordance. Look it up. And then as soon you notice each one of them church ages had his name until it comes through this dark church age. And look, that typing back counter in, in the Orthodox Church, when the darkest age was on of the Jews was when Ahab in the bloom after, after the great king before him, before that, had Israel all in a beautiful condition and Ahab come in as a borderline believer or lukewarm condition and went over and married this little princess, Jezebel, which was an idolater, and brought her in and brought idolatry into Israel. Amen. Don't you remember that? The very beautiful type when Protestantism married into Romanism, they brought idolatry again into Christianity in the Dark Age. Jack, exactly, geographically. Now watch when he comes out on this side. Here you got what? A substitute for the Holy Ghost. A wafer. A substitute for the water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They substituted everything I can take and prove by the Scripture. Substitute after substitute, and Martin Luther agreed with it. John Wesley come right along with the same thing and agreed with it. There never was nobody ever in the Bible ever sprinkled. Never was such a thing. There's no such a thing in the Bible. No commission, no order for it at all. But you permit it. That's right. You permit it. They come out and get this little uh, salt shaker and sprinkle it on you. Why? The Catholic Church started it. And you bow to it. Amen. Right. Fellow said to me, said, you're you're just a non-Catholic. I said, no, brother, I'm a Protestant. I protest the thing. That's right. As a minister of the gospel with the children of God is my candidate here for heaven and I'm to preach for them and set before them as a teacher with signs and wonders, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't stand for what was true. I said, yes, sir. I'll stand if it kills me. I'm going to, I'll just teach what's the Bible and I'm willing at any time to discuss it with anyone. Let him be Pope of Rome, Archbishop or whatever he is. See, yes, sir, that's right. If I'm wrong, come show me. Now, I'm not wrong because I'm quoting the Scripture. Hallelujah. I won't take your textbook. This is the textbook right here. Amen. Now, then, you notice they begin to come out with all this formal. Now, in the last days, there's coming a persecution. Now, we're about Revelations, the 13th chapter now, to begin with. Now, if you'll notice, on down in the chapter here, it said, I'll look 
And lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Sinai. No, I beg your pardon, I'm in the wrong verse, the wrong chapter, the 14th, uh, 13th chapter. I stood and upon the sands of the sea and saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon the horns ten crowns, and upon, upon his head the name of blaspheming. What is blasphemy? It's to make fun of, ridicule, talk about. Now watch. He had seven heads, ten horns. And watch where he come up. Out of the sea. Now the Revelation 17, you're just putting it down, 17, 15 said that, uh, that the waters represent sickness and multitudes of the people. So this beast represents power, ungodly Power, beast, the prey, raised up out of the people, and he stood upon the sands of the sea. And I saw the, and the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet was the feet of a bear. His mouth the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and seat and great authority. The dragon. We got two things under consideration now. Watch this beast. It had four different characters in it. And if you'll take Daniel 7, you were marking it down, Daniel 7, Daniel saw the same vision 800 years before this. Amen. Saw the vision. He saw those beasts separate one from another in the beginning of the Gentile ruling. And here they are, John seeing it, and the end of the Gentile ruling, all four of those beasts represented in one. Amen. Them same old devil demons that possessed each kingdom of the Romans down through and the Greeks and so forth on down through the Gentile dispensation has come right out and all met up in one beast. Amen. We'll find him directly and see who he is. Amen. Amen. Right. All those leopards, lions, all that, the dragon. How many knows what the dragon is? The dragon represents Rome. Amen. Here, let, let's read that. I, that's kind of question your mind. Give me Revelations, the 12th chapter, just a moment here. Let's look here. Revelations 12. Now look. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman. What does a woman represent? The church. This is the, this is the bride here. This is the church, the real church. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. Look, the moon under, uh, the sun at her head, the moon under her feet, the sun was the dispensation of grace, and the moon was the dispensation of law. The woman was the orthodox church, and she was standing over the law. The law was passing away because the law was a shadow of the good things to come. Amen. Is that right? The moon is only a shadow of the sun reflecting on the moon. Is that right? Making the moon. And the law was under her feet. She had done live through that day. And notice how she was dressed here now. Uh, under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. The church is crowned with the doctrine of the twelve apostles. See? And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, pain to be delivered. That was the orthodox church. What? And, and there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads. See? Keep that seven in mind now. Seven heads always. Seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. 
Now, and his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Look, and she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and the child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Amen. The Orthodox Church standing there, the sun shining down, the doctrine of the twelve apostles. Amen. All right, with the moon under her feet, the law, the shadow of the things to come, the gospel light shining now, the law faded away when the sun come out. She was pained to be delivered, and she brought forth a man-child, which was Christ Jesus. And he was caught up to God. But as soon, here it is, as soon as the dragon, which was the devil, saw the woman ready to be delivered, he stood right by her to devour his child as soon as it was born. And when Jesus was born, the Roman Empire issued a proclamation to slay all the children from two years old down to get to kill Christ Jesus and God put the wool over his eyes and take him out of Egypt and hit him as he did Moses the same way. There's that red dragon, the devil. Where does he see that? In Not in Russia, in Rome. And said the devil give him his seat and his authority. Red dragon, not Russia, are your great ministers saying the Russian is the Antichrist. Why, the Russia has nothing to do with the Antichrist. Amen. That's communism. Amen. The paltry of Protestantism and Catholicism has produced communism. Amen. The reason the Russians drove them out of there because they had all the money and they had all the prayers said to them and things so they built the biggest buildings and had all the wealth of the people and bundled it up like that. And they seen they lived no different. It was no different than the rest of the world. And it spewed it out and formed communism. Amen. Now, if you give me one more night, if God does, I'll prove to you that communism is working straight in the hands of Almighty God. Amen. To destroy the Roman city. And remember, I say this as God's prophet. The Russian Empire will drop an atomic bomb of some sort on the Vatican City and destroy it in one hour. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. And the Bible said that God took them cruel-hearted man and put them in his hands and they were instruments in his hands to fulfill his will and to bring back to her exactly what she had coming to her. Amen. Exactly. That's the word. Brother, you just don't realize how cunning these things are. Remember, Jesus Christ said that the Antichrist would be so close it would deceive the very elect. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Say, now, don't let any man entice you. Say, don't be like heathens. Say their prayer over and over. Hail Mary, bless our full of Mary. Say, bless our Say, don't be like heathens using vain repetitions. He said, don't you call no man father after this earth either. Or after you ain't got one father, and that's in heaven. But you turn around and ignore that you do it anyhow because it's popular. The devil has always had a popular thing. It's always been from the beginning a form of religion. Cain had the same thing. Here's his spirit moving right here to the Antichrist and here comes Abel the slave one too. Amen. That's right. Notice. And now look, all these beasts back there was all wound up into one beast over here which was called the red dragon. The devil. Now let's begin the 15th verse of the 13th chapter. You see now that that Rome was 
was the seat of Satan, the seven-headed beast with the ten horns, stood by the Christ child to devour him just as soon as he was born? Who did it? Herod! Rome! Always been. We're getting Daniel directly. We have enough time. The Lord helping us. And we'll see like, everywhere in the Scriptures from the beginning of the Gentile come back from Genesis. I can prove that Babylon began in Genesis and ends up in Revelation. Started out back there with Nimrod, the son of Ham, through idolatry to bring idols in, to worship idols, and has come right down to it. And it's so cunning in the last days that it takes on the name of Christianity and still idolatry. Amen. Amen. Didn't the great St. Paul in 2 Thessalonians say... Let's just read it before we go any farther. 2 Thessalonians, second chapter. And see what Paul said here. He even saw it in the Spirit before it even coming into the day that we're living in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, my, how the day that we're living in, the darkness that we're living in, and men and women grouping about here in pagan darkness and don't even know it. What What a pity. Hey, thank you. How uh, the day, uh, Paul said that day should not come unless there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed. Now, what? He declares him to be a man. Is that right? Amen. Paul said he was a man of sin who opposes himself all above all that's called God. So he that is worshipped as God, a man. Thank you. Worshipped as God, a man that would be put here as a form of worship. And he said, that day could not come except first there come a falling away. Amen. What is a lukewarm condition of the church? All right. Listen. Let me read for you, if you will. Second Thessalonians. All right. I can get the right place now to begin so we won't have to read so much. Let no man deceive you. Third verse, second, second Thessalonians, second chapter. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. The lady is seeing church age now. And that man, M-A-N, singular, man of sin, be revealed the son of perdition instead of instead of the son of God. Amen. Son of perdition. Who opposes himself and exalts himself above all is called God so that he is worshipped as God. That he as God setteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Accepting confession. Don't tell me my Catholic friends. Amen. How did he say you don't believe in but one marriage? The Catholic Church sticks but one marriage. If you ain't got no money, that's all right. But let me tell you, right here, my own people, a young woman sitting right here, a mother sitting here, a dad too, and another woman here for the boy, the girl married a Protestant boy, they separated and went out, so then the first thing you know, the girl was going to marry a Catholic boy, and she had to go out and pay a lot of money and come back and she wasn't married to this Protestant boy in the first place. Here's Howard, my own people that right there won't call the name. She's got, she's got a daughter and the daughter's about 26 years old. Her husband, she left him down in Middletown and run away and married a Catholic man. 
And now they said he has to get out of the church. So they paid so much money to come back and change her back to a virgin again and marry her back to this man, Tommy Rock. Change her back to a virgin. She's married in the sight of God and living in adultery. Amen. Exactly right. That thus saith the Lord too. Amen. True. What a disgrace. Hallelujah. Pay so much money in. That's the reason all these big churches and schools are built. That's how the whole world... You don't know it here in the United States. You ought to follow me overseas once and you'll find out. Uh, yes, sir, you go over there, brother, where they got the upper hand. I bring you a picture of authentic brother cop just taking a snap to me of a Protestant preacher, a Holy Ghost preacher laying on the street, swell prayer that high him and his wife and a little girl swelled up like that because they preached Jesus Christ, the power of the resurrection, and people could be saved and receive the Holy Ghost. They murdered him on the street and wouldn't let him be buried and spit on for days after days. Amen. That's right. Right there where Brother Osborne had to be held under guns to take him out. They went down there and one, a group of priests came together and murdered this young man. And the wife had just had a baby and they walked through the street like that, having an a, a escort take him down to the grave to bury him. And this mother walked with a baby crying behind her dead husband. And people looked out of the window, honest-hearted people, and said, if that's the way the Catholic Church feels, we renounce it. And followed by the thousands down the street. Brother Osborne had a revival there until they couldn't put him out of the nation. There's too many people. That's exactly right. Oh, that hypocrisy. I know it's a back picture. Just sit still, Catholic friends. We'll get some rubbing on the other side in a few minutes. All right. Notice. Now we're going to come down. Notice a little farther. Let me get this to you. Maybe I have time. Got 30 minutes yet. Watch close. Now let's go back every reader this in your mind for a minute for a, a mental picture. When... Every orthodox believer here knows that the Gentile reign began with King Nebuchadnezzar. Is that right? Every orthodox believer knows that. And King Nebuchadnezzar had a vision and Daniel gave him the interpretation. Is that right? Amen. And it was a head of gold, which is the Babylonian. The second was the Medes and Persian. The next was the Grecian Empire, then the Roman Empire. And at the end of the Roman Empire... Jesus Christ was the rock that was hewed out of the mountain without hands that rolled in and broke down the image. Is that right? He covered the earth. Anyone knows that? Any believer knows that? And how that in the last days when they broke up into these many different kingdoms and so forth through the toes, it was iron and clay. And he, the prophet said, As much as thou didst see, iron and clay won't mix together, neither will these cleave one to another, but they'll mingle them seeds. Try, in other words, They'll marry into them, trying to raise their children and break for the powers like that. And you know that's the truth. What a hold it's got. And you people knock down to it. Oh, it's wonderful. Look at this Stevenson there. What his name is? What is his name? I forget this guy up here that's raising all this fuss around here. Yeah. Oh, my. This United States is rotten to the core. Amen. Yes, sir. I can prove to you the very time when this woman here, back in Revelation 12, when the, her, her man-child was caught up to set on God's throne, and when did the woman fled into the wilderness where she was taken care of for a thousand two hundred and three score days to exactly the date of Plymouth Rock. Amen. Exactly. Where the church come over here for freedom of religion. Amen. And she established her, and we'll read on down in 13th chapter of Revelation chair, and listen here at the 15th verse. And 
Oh, just a minute. I want to go back before that. And we see here where that he was standing here by the seaside. Now, if I can just find the place where our 11th verse. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. Not out of water. Out of the earth. Then the thickness and multitudes of people is water. Then this is where there was no people. In the United States. And he had two horns like a lamb. Two horns like a lamb, not a lamb. What is it? It's our American buffalo. Sure. See, there he is. Two horns like a lamb. But then what did he do? He had freedom of religion. First, he acted like a lamb. He spoke like a lamb. But remember, he never did become an old ram. He was a lamb. This country's only 150 years old, you know. Just a lamb. And then he spake like a dragon. And he exercised all the power the first beast had before him, the red dragon, and caused all that was on the earth to dwell upon the earth to worship the beast whose deadly wound was healed. Look, and, and he does great wonders so to make a fire come down out of heaven, the atomic bomb and hydrogen, a smart, intelligent nation and so forth, deceiving the nations by these things. This United States will come to a time that church and state will unite together. Amen. And Protestant and Catholic will throw their things together to fight communism. Amen. And it's exactly playing in the hands of what God said right here. Amen. And you Protestants laying under sound asleep, reading a love story magazine instead of your Bible. Amen. Out getting around somewhere to some kind of a party instead of in a prayer meeting somewhere. Or fussing at one another about little petty things that don't matter that much. You ought to be on your knees somewhere. Yeah, you know what? Eternity, man. Notice, when King Nebuchadnezzar, in the beginning back there, when the Gentile age was issued in, let's watch how it come in. And the way it come in, you'll find out it goes out the same way. We know that there is a beginning of time of grace for the Gentiles and an ending of time. Is that right? Yeah. How about When King Nebuchadnezzar, when Daniel was sent down there, a smart prophet, when all the rest of the Jews, they kind of humbled down and was bound to the Romans, or to the Babylonians. But there was three, four men, three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, who purposed in their hearts that serve God. And then when the, the old Shadrach and so forth in, and Daniel become a great man before King Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar and so forth, when he become a great man, now watch. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold and set it up out in the fields and said that everybody would have to bow to that image. Did you ever notice the innocence of it? Who that image is made of? It was Daniel. Image of a man. And did he say the spirits of the gods, heathen, as we are today, got three or four of them, the spirits of the gods lives in him, and he made an image to Daniel. And he said, all oh, it won't make about of that image will be thrown in the fiery furnace. You notice Daniel's off the scene at that time. Yeah. Get what I mean? And ever who would not bow to that image should be cut to pieces or thrown into the lion's den or burnt in the fiery furnace or something, a punishment. That's the way the Gentile dispensation began with a pagan form of religious worship with a persecution to make them bow to it. Right. 
And the Bible predicted it will end the same way. A holy man, Jesus Christ, an image to him to worship it, and so forth. You remember the Fox Book of Martyrs that hold a crucifix before, put an ox on each arm like that? It would say if you wouldn't renounce Protestantism and become a Catholic and kiss this crucifix to start one ox one way and the other and pull them apart. They'd burn them to the stakes. They'd done everything. I've been in the old catacombs. I know what I'm speaking of. That's right. And there they lay. Notice how they went through that days of martyrdom before Martin Luther. According to the Bible also. Now, notice closely again now. Now, I want you a great thing to notice. How did that Babylonian kingdom break up? Amen. One night when he went over and got the holy vessels of God and began to drink wine in it. Amen. Began to have a big time and get a bunch of women out there, concubines. And were dancing and reveling and having a big time. Is that right? Yes. At that time, there was a handwriting come on all teeny teeny tecla Asia. That right. And they went and got all their Chaldeans, their smart men, their lukewarm church members, and none of them could read it. That's right. But they had a man there who could read unknown tongues. Hallelujah. Could interpret it. See what I mean? He could interpret unknown tongues. Praise the Lord. That's the way it went out. That's the way she's going out now with the power of the Holy Ghost. Have people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost who have power, signs, and wonders. There goes the Gentile church. Amen. There's the remnant. There's how it comes in. There's how it goes out. Exactly. A bowing and a forcing to a half-heathen religion. Amen. And God stepping into the crucial hour and writing in unknown tongues. And the man interpreted. He could interpret. He didn't know that language. Nobody else knew it. But he had the same Holy Ghost that let him interpret that as the same Amen. Holy Ghost in the church today. Amen. You call it fanaticism. I'll admit they got a lot of it. But brother, there's a real one there too. Amen. A real one there too. The devil's over counterfeit. He can write it away to confuse you. And if you don't think the more God and get down and read your Bible and pray and ask God, then it don't show you're not very interested in your soul. Move right on out there and say, God, I don't care how many old crowbaits you put out there. I see your Bible says it and I'm determined. That's right. You promised it to me. The seed of Abraham. Thank you. God called you. You'll come to it. But if you're not, I don't care how religious you are, you're gone. That's all. You can't come. No man can except he calls you. He's not willing that any should perish, but a lot of you will because you're too unconcerned about it. And you'll go around and see something looks a little fanatically, a little shabby. Well, Dr. So-and-so said so-and-so and so-and-so. And then you walk around and blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know that right. It's never to be forgiven. Help us, Lord. You're going to find out in a few minutes what the mark of the devil is. What the, what the seal of the devil is. The mark of the beast. Whosoever speaks against the Holy Ghost will never be forgiven him in this world or the world to come. Watch that first church, what they've done. Watch out about this second church. You can steal yourself out of the kingdom of God and into the devil. Out yonder where there's no forgiveness in this world and are the one to come. Truly. So be careful. Walk reverently. Be careful what you do. Or you don't know what will take place. Now, we see all this now heaping down. Now I've got 20 minutes. 
I want you to turn with me to the 17th chapter of Revelation to finish up. Just in a few moments. Now we're going to hit the road home. Listen close. Read with me. Open up your Bible and get ready to read. This ought to seal it. Remember, there is two marks. One's apostasy. The other is the Holy Spirit. One is the mark of the devil. Remember, I said this, that the early Catholic Church, our Catholic people sat reverent for a few minutes, the early Catholic Church formed their own opinion about the things. They had a false doctrine of the Holy Eucharist of taking a wafer instead of the baptism of the Spirit. The Protestant of shaking hands or making a pledge. Both of them is wrong. According to the Word of God, this is the blueprint. Amen. They come and baptize Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When it's not one speck of time anybody was ever baptized that way, which is absolutely a pagan Catholic baptism. Uh, and they admit it and say, you Protestants bow to our baptism. Amen. I said, why do you do it? said, the Catholic Church has power to change any scripture they want to. I said, that's a lie. He said, why do you bow to it then? Uh, then you'll shut up. <laughs> Not me. I don't believe it. This is God's word. Amen. That's right. The people want to follow the ads, go home. I'm, I have to tell the truth. That's right. Amen. Notice. Then they come out with all this other. The church. Join the old catechism. And all those things there. What a bunch of Tommy Rotten nonsense. And it's hatched out billions of infidels and cold farmers. It's the devil's at the beginning. And I can prove to you that the Bible said here, all the world wondered after this beast. Power. Which was. Which is not. Yet it is. How could it be was and is not that all the world wondered about it? When pagan Rome becomes papal Rome, it never ceased. The system of Romanism ceased. When a new king come in, he could set up a new order. But when they come into pagan Rome through the Catholic Church, through papalism, it never ceases. It's one pope dies to set up another. One pope dies to set up another. The beast which was, which is not, yet is, which is not, which yet is, and shall go into perdition. Thus saith the Holy Spirit through the Scripture. Now, listen. And there came, already watch now the 17th chapter. And there came to me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, that the last vials is poured out, and talked with me, saying, Come hither. And I will show thee the judgment of the great whore that set up on many waters. Watch Revelation 12. That was a virgin woman. She was a real lady. How beautiful. She stood but here's one called a prostitute. W-H-O-R-E means a un... What is that? Let's idolize this or analyze it. Excuse me. Getting too fast. Think I got 15 minutes. I'm going to stay another hour then. So just keep thinking. Look. All right. Look, let's analyze it down. She is a foul woman. What is a whore? I hate to say the word, but it's written here in the Bible. It's a woman that professes to be a good woman and commits adultery with other men. Now, if a woman represents a church, then it's a church that professes to be Christian and commits adultery with other things. Is that right? 
and she sets up on many waters. Thickness of multitudes of people. Read the about the 15th verse and you'll see that, see? Or 70th along in there. We'll get to it in a minute. The woman that's set upon many waters, the whore. What a thing. Now, if we had days after days, I could take that woman and chase her from Cain to the coming of the Lord Jesus and prove you. She was the first one to organize a church. She's the mother of organizations. Watch. And the woman which set upon many waters, upon, setting upon many waters. Now the second verse. Whom the K-I-N-G-S, kings of the earth, have committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. In other words, she's professing to be a Christian church. Ha! Beautiful. Watch how she's dressed in a few minutes. With pearls and gold and stones. They said, who's like her? And she had a cup in her hand full of wine of her fornication. Her filthiness. Her doctrine that she was causing the kings. Oh, just to have a little prayer and pray you out of purgatory and all these things. That's it. There you are. That's the Word of God I'm reading. Look. So he carried me away in this... Uh, let's see. Maybe one, that's right. Third verse now. All right. And he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting upon a scarlet, cold beast. Scarlet, rich, the richest church in the world. They cry here. Who can make war with her? There's one man in the world. Only one man in the world of all the world that has power, as King Nebuchadnezzar's vision was, then ten toes run out into every, that streak of Roman iron runs out in every nation in the world. There's not another man in the world got to say so that the Pope of Rome had. President Eisenhower can speak in the United States and it's law, but these other nations he can speak into and it's nothing. But the Catholic hierarchy can speak in Rome and every nation will holler to it. Right. There he is. Now we're going to see where he's at and see if that's him or not. See if he's pictured here right. All right, now I saw a woman sitting up on a scarlet-colored beast, rich, full of names of blasphemy, false baptism, false economy, leading the people blindly. Tell them to just come to church, make your confession and so forth. Do a Hail Mary, do a penance. Ignorance, nonsense. I don't see how people, good civil minds, can believe such things. Having seven heads. There you are again. This same demon that's all around the red dragon, the beast, and everything's got seven heads, ten horns. And the woman, the woman, now the church, now the beast is the power she has. The Roman Catholic Church, but the Roman Catholic power. But here's the church speaking out. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of the abomination of the filthiness of her fornication. There she is. It's some church you know, isn't it? 
got to be there. She's pictured out. Just read on down and we see who she is. And upon her head was written the name Mystery, Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, the abomination of the earth. All right, Protestant, here's where you get squeezed. You'll admit she's a prostitute, but she was the mother of what? Of sons? Of harlots. That would be women, is that right? Amen. That would be churches then, is that right? She is the mother of church then, isn't she? Where did Martin Luther come from? Catholicism. Where did all these hats out of? Catholicism. Bring in their same doctrine. And you bow to it. Now the honorest woman in Jeffersonville can bring forth a good, true, virgin girl. That's right. And she can go straight if she wants to. And so did the Lutheran Church, the Methodists, the Baptists, the Presbyterian, and so forth. They went straight for a while. When they were founders were there preaching the gospel to them. But now, they go to shows, dances, television, smoke, do everything else. You know it's the truth. Amen. Stay home on Sunday, what is it? Because your harlot is acting like her mammy. Amen. Exactly. Amen. Exactly. Amen. Now, let's see where the color lays. The Bible says she was the mother of harlots, and everyone knows that that was pagan Rome or Miss Papal Rome. The Catholic Church, in a minute, I'll show you. Positionally puts her to earth just exactly where she'll be setting. Amen. Right. Where she's at and who she is. The Bible said so, not me. The Bible. And said that she brought forth a lot of daughter churches after her. All right, now Methodists and Baptists and Lutheran and so forth. You see where you come to? A mother of harlots. They lived all right. But when the light began to shine, it's like a bunch of roaches in the summertime. Amen. Turn on the light in the road where the roaches eating on an old corn cob or something like that and throw the light on, watch them hit for cover as hard as they can. Amen. You preach the gospel of the baptism of the Holy Ghost allow these old formal ungodly churches and watch them. We don't believe in those churches. I don't believe in those. Why? You know what you are about. Right. That's exactly Run. I'm not saying nothing against your church. Brother, you got people in there are jewels. Amen. I ain't saying nothing against the Catholic people. I love the Catholic people the same as I love the Branham Tabernacle people. It ain't you, friend, I'm trying to holler at. It isn't you, Methodist and Baptist and Branham Tabernacle. It isn't you that I'm holler at. It's the sin that you're letting the devil put over you. It's because you go to church you think you're saved. follow some. He said they shall follow. Oh, he said, I believe that was for the apostles. I believe that there's only one round of apostles, and that was back there in the beginning. And the very lesson we had last night, he had seven stars in his hand, and each star was to be given to each church age for a life. Amen. Right. Just the thing is, there's an apostle there, there's an apostle there, an apostle there, an apostle there, which was seven spirits. 
in the beginning of the lesson, standing before God to be sent out to the seven church ages. Amen. Oh, brother, you might walk around some little Baptist or Methodist doctrine and get a Bible, but you look at it in the side of the Bible once. Amen. I'm trying. Amen. I feel kind of religious right now. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Look, brother, there you are. It's a grinding, but anyway, it don't make you some good. Thank you. Mama sitting back there, she used to make you take casserole with little kids. We'd have to eat cornbread and beans every day in the week and Sunday too. Amen. Anyway, I have to take a lot of medicine. Saturday night she'd always make me take casserole. And on Saturday night I'd hold my doors like this. I'm not saying it for a joke. I'd hold my doors and I'd say, Mama, I just can't take it. It makes me so sick. She said, if it don't make you sick, it don't do you no good. So is this. Stir you up. It'll get your, your digestion organs working right. So Amen. you can really digest the full gospel. Amen. The Luther come along with justification. Wow, they were just organized it all down. Yes, sir, we're the church. John Wesley saw sanctification. He said, I sense different. And he said, that's all right, Luther, but this is it. What was it? Luther was the star of his age, but here's Wesley. Amen. All right. Now... Then all the losers went back on the shelf because they forgot to, did not, not out all the, I mean the Lutheran church. The Lutheran still has good man filled with the Holy Ghost. That's right. But now, they all went back on the church in that age. All right, here come Wesley along. He takes them through his age. Then the first thing you know, along come after the Wesley age, come the Pentecostals. And they receive the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. My, the Methodists and the Nazarenes and the Holiness said, oh, it's the devil. Amen. And you see what you've done? You've blasphemed the Holy Ghost. You see where you're at today? Amen. That's right. You did exactly what you've done. Sure you did. You failed to walk in the light. Amen. And now you Pentecostals has got so lukewarm, this lady you see in church age, of God spewing you out of his mouth. Amen. Right? Amen. Exactly right. You say you believe in speaking in tongues? Yes, sir. Amen. You're speaking in tongues? Yes, sir. I praise God for it. Yes, sir. I've spoken in tongues several times. Now I believe it's the power of God. Yes. I don't believe the initial evidence now of speaking in tongues, but I believe that the power of God makes you speak in tongues. Signs and wonders to follow. Yes, sir. And then the devil put an old scarecrow up there, somebody that mocked and act like he had the Holy Ghost, and all you pilgrim holiness and the holiness and Nazarenes and all, you look back and say, ooh, I don't want none of that. Ooh, oh, mercy. If you'd have had the Holy Ghost or a part of God down in your heart sanctified like you're supposed to be, you'd have recognized that to be the power of God. Amen. Didn't Jesus say, if you would have known Moses, you would have known me also? Amen. Sure. If sanctification is a part of the Holy Ghost that cleanses and sanctifies you, if you've got that, you'll recognize the rest of it when Amen. it comes. Amen. This hand recognizes this hand. Amen. This hand recognizes this foot. Amen. It's a part of the body. And the Bible said there are nine spiritual gifts. Prophets, teachers, evangelists, and so forth, and uh, interpretation of tongues, speaking in tongues, divine healing. It will recognize every bit of it. Amen. You know, you froze up. I don't want to do that. Thank you, Jesus. Hey. Getting warm around here, is it? Amen. That's the truth. Why? Why? You were organized. 
Your church said so, and that's the reason you couldn't do it. But many of you Methodists come out and got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Many of you Baptists come out and got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yes, sir. You, many of you Holiness come out and got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yes. Wow. You didn't care what the church says. You walked in the light. Amen. Amen. You didn't care what taking place. You know it was of the Lord. You just walked in and let the old, let the old lady stay back there. Thank you, Jesus. The old mammy. She's acting like her mother back there. How is she organized? That's the very principle of the beginning of the trouble when the Catholic Church organized. Amen. Then the Lutheran Church organized after. Then the Methodist Church organized after. Then the Baptist Church organized. And now these 696 different organizations. Amen. And Pentecost did the same thing. Amen. Why? What's the matter? God proving. But he's not in organization. Hallelujah. He's in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't care what your organization is. It's nonsense. It's connected with Catholicism and gone back in it and stay in it and you receive that same mark that she is. Amen. Didn't the angel say, Come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of her sins, and I'll receive you? Touch not her unclean things, and I'll receive you. The Holy Spirit speaking. And whosoever takes the mark of the beast or the letter of his name, wish we had time to go into that, my time's up. What's the letter of his name? Protestantism. Let us make an image likened unto it. Let us make an organization. Our church is just as big as the Catholic Church. They put all these things, they have the big churches, and we do too. We got just as much of the class of the city in our church as they have in theirs. Let us make an image unto the beast. And what the Bible said? She's a whore, and that's a harlot. Through organization. But the church of the living God is free. Amen. He who the Son has made free is free indeed. Amen. Come out of it. Get filled with God's Spirit. Nations are breaking. Amen. Israel awakening. The signs that the Bible foretold. The Gentile days numbered with hollows encumbered. Return, O disperse to your own. The day of redemption is near. Man's hearts are failing for fear. Be filled with God's Spirit, your lamps trimmed and clear. Look up, your redemption is near. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How things are going. He said in the last day, Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good will to give you the kingdom. Setting together in the heavenly places. And you, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, who's laughed at Pentecost? And I say Pentecost needs a good old-fashioned gospel spanking because they organize the very assemblies of God as land to the, the biggest of the Pentecost has joined the League of Churches. Just as formal and indifferent and the worst I've ever seen the Holy Ghost treated. Nearly was by Pentecostal preachers. But don't think because you belong to Pentecostal church you're saved. You're only saved when you're truly baptized with God's Spirit by the Holy Ghost, united with Him in the power of His resurrection. Amen. Going forth with signs and wonders, following that Spirit wherever we go. 
The sign followed the prophets. The sign followed Jesus Christ. The sign followed the apostles. He said, These signs shall follow them till he returns again. Amen. Did I say that, Brother Branham? Go ye into all the world and preach this power and demonstration to every nation. Amen. And it likes two-thirds of it yet has never heard it. And these signs shall follow them, them, every nation. Glory! Oh, my, maybe you think I'm crazy. Brother, I'll tell you, I love this good old-time religion. Yes, sir. Anchors you in Christ. Now you see what the mark of the beast is? It's a mark of apostasy. It's a person who is a, just thinks that, well, I belong to church, and I'm just as good as the next fella. Am not I belonging to this church? And you realize where your church organization is, you're depending on where it comes from? Do you realize the Bible said, He that worships the beast receives his mark, or the letter of his name, now what, in forehead or hand, that's knowledge or deed. That don't mean you've got a big that tattoo on your face. <laughs> it don't have to be that. It's not talking to the outward. It's talking to spiritual. You're watching to see what he knows about the Scripture. Listen to him. See where he goes to. If any man don't have this doctrine, there's no light in him, the Bible says. See? See? Watch where he goes to. Watch what he does. He said, well, I'm, I belong, I'm a Protestant. Yes, sir. I, I belong to this certain church. Yes, sir. And on Sunday, he just has about enough respect for it to coming out of the rain. He goes down, instead of going to prayer meeting, he closes up the church and sit and watch television. He goes out here and he drinks and carries on and acts like the rest of the world, yet he belongs to the church. Remember, that's the mark of sin. Amen. Now, let's read on a little further quickly. And then I'll close. We have past time. Let's read now the sixth verse. And I saw the woman of the church drunk with the blood of the saints. Drunk with the blood of the saints. You know, the Bible said when she was destroyed that every mortal that died on the earth, the guilt was found in the Catholic Church. Exactly, the beginning. And with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And, John speaking now, and when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. John said, now let's look here. John said, I looked at her. She was so pretty, a lovely big church. She had a whole bunch of churches been born out of her, mother of harlots. And I looked back on her, and how could that woman, she's giving out that false doctrine, causing all the kings and great men to be made drunk with it, and here her daughters is doing the same thing. But I looked at her, she was so pretty. One place in the scripture said, I sit as a queen and have need for nothing. See? And then John said, I admire her. I looked at her look, uh, with great admiration. I admired her. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore dost thou marvel? I will tell thee. I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and ten horns. Now let's see if we're right. If we got Catholicism right, then you know Protestantism is following it. So you, you, got, you, you got intelligence enough to know that. See, what? The beast which thou sawest was, is not, and is. The beast. Now what? Now you notice over here, it said, how many kings do us, how was fallen, one must come. 
and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, not on the Bible, out of a bunch of superstitions that was made up. There's no background for it. Where do you get purgatory at? Where do you get this non-meeting, the priest not marrying, and all these other things they do, confession? Where do you get that at? There's no place, nowhere to find it. It come out of hell. The Bible said so. It come out the beast, the power, the doctrine it had. Come out of the bottomless pit and go up into perdition. Where's perdition? Hell. Goes right on back to the place where it comes from. And they that dwell upon the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book from the foundation of the world. When they beheld the beast which was, is not, and yet is. Now the Protestant churches say, well, how can that be? When they say, I believe Jesus Christ. He is my personal Savior. The devil believes also, brother. It's got to be a regeneration, a new birth, a born again. Amen. And when you're born again, your name's put in the Lamb's Book of Life. He said, oh, I'm wondering, well, what? Ain't I as good as somebody else? Ain't I as good as a bunch of you nitwit holy rollers? I'm as intelligent. I've got, an, I've got degrees. I'm out of a college. I come from a good family. My people were church members before me. Ain't I as good as you? He said, the whole world, Thomas and all, wondered. All except those whose names were written in the book. Why are names written? They're Abraham's seed. Amen. And her heirs, according to the promise, elected before the foundation of the world. Amen. That's why they don't wonder. Notice. Here, now watch what he said. What these in the Ram Book of Life. And here is the mind that has wisdom. Now I want to ask you something. Is wisdom one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Is that right? How many believe that the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, teaches that the gift in the church is wisdom? Let's see. One of the gifts. Well, how could you say there's no speaking in tongues then? How could you say there's no interpretation of tongues? How could you say there's no divine healing? For the same body, if I'm a body, got a hand on this side and a hand on this side and a foot there, how can you say that the hand's not the foot? Didn't you know what Paul said? Amen. Now, watch, he's speaking in the last days directly to the body. He says, here's to the one that has wisdom. Amen. Oh, I like this. Amen. Oh, my. Here's one who'll shock you. Listen to this. All right. Here is the mind that has wisdom. If those Holy Spirit gifts didn't come down to all age, why did he speak this for the last days then? Amen. If there's going to be no gifts in the church in the last days, why did he direct this to the last days then? Amen. Here's to the one that has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. How many hills, how many cities in the world that a church sits on seven hills? Only one. Where is that? The Vatican City in Rome. Is that right? Amen. The Bible said that this horrible horror that made all the world commit fornications and brought out a bunch of little daughters to teach about the same thing she did. It wasn't as bad as her, but they were harlots. Taught them the same thing. So the beginning of it will be a woman or a church sitting on seven hills in Rome. Amen. I'd look all over the world and tell me where's that, a church sitting on seven hills. 
Now, I'm reading this out of the Bible. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen. If we take this history and go right back and show where the kings have fallen in Rome since the Babylonian kingdom. One is Nero, and one is to come, and he must continue a short space, about six months when he comes, and the beast, ooh, look at this. Now the power is going to take the pagan place, and the beast that was and is not even is the eighth. Now watch. And is of the seventh. You all know what a turbo king he was. He hooked his mother to a single tree of a horse and drug her through the streets and set the city afar and fiddled up on the hill. That's the same kind of a spirit that's dominating the church that sets in the place of pagan. Amen. The eighth which is of the seventh. And then he is and he is not and he is and he is not and he is and he is not on down and goeth into perdition come till the time of the coming of the Lord and he's cast into hell. Amen. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdoms as yet but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. Oh, if we just had received no Power as yet. They're not kings. They didn't have the the horns didn't have crowns. They received power like kings. What is it? Dictators. Not crown kings. Dictators. Oh my. Now oh and I read this sometime, my heart leaps for joy. All right. When I think of how that we're living here in the last days. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength to the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. Amen. There comes the battle of Armageddon, ready for the millennium. For he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Amen. Don't be shook up. And they that are with him are called the chosen. Not you, he has. You got the Holy Ghost, you ought to shout victory. God chose you before the foundation of the world. If you can't see gospel light, it's because you're just blind. Chosen and faithful. And he said unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse set, are peoples, multitudes, and nations and tongues. In other words, this woman sitting here in the church is going to give out her doctrine to every people, multitude, and tongue. There she is. She has rule over them. She's setting over them. Her power is dominating them. She's sitting on seven hills. Hold and scarlet, deck the richest in the world. There she is. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall, watch now, you're coming into the powers of communism, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, 
and shall eat her flesh and burn with fire. For God has put into their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Heavens and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass. Amen. Look, the woman which thou sawest, the woman which thou sawest, is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Show me one city in the world that's reigning over the kings of the earth and uh, any way that you want to outside of the Catholic hierarchy in Rome, sitting on seven hills. Not one city never was and never will be outside of the new city that comes from heaven. That's right. Now, just a minute. I want to show you this again so the Lord be mindful and bless us together as we read here. All right. Watch here now. I'm reading the 13th chapter. I'm beginning at the 15th verse. And he had power to give life unto the image. That's in the United States. Which we've seen come up, you see. An image. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many that would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. That's the boycott. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, bond and free, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might bind or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now watch. Now close, now real close before we close. 18th verse, listen. Here is wisdom. See the Holy Spirit calling back to the believers in the last days? Amen. That little group there speaking, calling to the little group in this day. Here's to him that has wisdom in the church. Let him understand this. Let him that has understanding count the numbers of the beast. For it's a number of a man. Not a nation. A man. And his number is six hundred three score and six. And right up over the Vatican City, don't tell me now, I've got facts of our faith and all. <laughs> up over the Vatican City and the Pope stands as the biker of the Son of God. i got Catholic friends sitting right here. It was Catholic. That sure knows that's the truth. My people perhaps before me were Catholic too. See? They called St. Patrick a Catholic. He never was a Catholic. Said Joan of Arc was a saint, the priest burner is a witch. No wonder Jesus said, You white the sulfurs of the prophets and you put them in there, you whited walls. <laughs> right. What? It's the number of a man. And up over the Pope of Rome is wrote a vicarious, a philia, a dilia. It's wrote in Roman letters. Just write it out yourself tomorrow. B I C I R O. Just keep it out in Roman letters and draw your line and add it up and see what you got. 666. Where's he sitting? On seven hills. And out of there come the organization of religion that taught dogma instead of the Bible and the Protestants birthed out of it and are doing just the same thing they are because he said she was a whore and they were harlots. 
Bring out with a false baptism, with a false religion, with a false conception of the Holy Ghost, with a false conception of hell, and all these things like that, and a Protestant falling right down in the footsteps. But it'll be like in the evening time, the path of glory you will surely find. <laughs> That's right. Amen. Way is the light today. Buried in the precious name of Jesus, young and old, repent of all your sins. The Holy Ghost will surely enter in. The evening lights have come. It is the fact that God and Christ are one. Amen. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, if the evening lights are shining, the same apostolic doctrine, the same apostolic baptism, the same apostolic filling of the Holy Ghost, the same apostolic signs and wonders, are peeping through to the Gentiles like it is the Jews back there at the early morning. Here it is in the setting of the sun. Amen. There are people almost everywhere whose hearts are all on flame with the fire that fell on Pentecost that cleansed and made them clean. Oh, it's burning now within my heart. Oh, glory to his name. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Amen. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them, one of them, one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. They were gathered in the upper room, all praying in His name. They were baptized with the Holy Ghost and power for service came. Now what He did for them that day, He'll do for you the same. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Aren't you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Come, my brothers, seek this blessing that will cleanse your heart from sin. It will start the joy bells ringing and will keep your soul aflame. Oh, it's burning now within my heart. Oh, glory to His name. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Amen. Hallelujah. All for this glorious gospel. Hallelujah. It's dripping in blood. Yes, it's dripping in blood. Count the cost. If he will follow me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross, death, and follow me. Amen. This Holy Ghost gospel is dripping with blood. The blood of disciples who died for the truth. This Holy Ghost gospel is dripping with blood. The first one to die for this Holy Ghost plan was John the Baptist, but he died like a man. Then came the Lord Jesus. They crucified him. He preached that the Spirit would save men from sin. There's Peter and Paul and John the Divine. They gave up their lives so this gospel could shine. They mingled their blood with the prophets of old so the true word of God could honest be told. Then they stoned Stephen. He preached against sin. He made them so angry. They dashed his brain in. But he died in the spirit. He gave up the gold. And then he died. 
dripping with blood, yes, that dripping with blood, this Holy Ghost gospel, that dripping with blood, the blood of disciples, who died for the truth, this Holy Ghost gospel, that dripping with blood. The souls under the altar are crying, how long for the Lord to punish those who've done wrong, making fun, see? <laughs> oh, my. But there's going to be more who will give their life's blood for this Holy Ghost gospel. And his crimson blood is dripping with blood. Yes, it's dripping with love. This Holy Ghost gospel keeps dripping with love. The blood of disciples who died for the truth. This Holy Ghost gospel is dripping with love. Let's turn around, shake one another's hand up. It's dripping with blood. Yes, it's dripping with blood. This Holy Ghost gospel is dripping with blood. The blood of disciples who died for the truth. This Holy Ghost gospel is dripping with blood. Do you love the Lord? The Lord bless you. Father, we pray that you'll bless this audience and may they go home rejoicing. May they come to the fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. May they forsake all the old church entities and come and receive the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Good night. God be with you.